0: Hey, what's up guys? Hope the week is going well. Welcome back to another wonderful episode of adulting like a mother father. This week is brought to you by our friends at drew coffee and kinder Beauty, uh, kind of beauty, always brings the value. Uh, And so does Drew Coffee. but you can get 30% off your first order always with code ADULTING at checkout. Uh, We have a really dope guest on this week to talk about PMDD. So ladies, this episode is for you. And actually, fellas, uh, it's probably equally as much for you as it is for them. Uh, Her name is Jess Hagen. You can find her on Instagram as at her mood mentor. Uh, I think you guys are really going to love this conversation. So let's just jump into the episode. Uh let's go. I don't like a motherfather version 2 If you've been listening, you know how we do. Hi, I'm Andrew the we got Ivory, the daughter And Gio, our little man then Daniela I don't think an entrance is needed You probably know the voice of Mother Time on Nickelodeon he is see, adulting like a mother father If you got a son or daughter, it could be a lot of we know you gotta be the mother father You could be the son or daughter This is still the right show Yeesh. We'll meet you where you are, in your life, or your car If you need or you're far You got a cat or a dog, good vibes We're well, probably in school, or got a job We just wanna know who you are So we can say thank you For listening to Adulting Like a Mother Father Hope you guys enjoyed this. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
1: Yay! Welcome back to Adulting Like a Mother Father. I'm Daniella Monet, the mother.
0: And I'm Andrew, the father. And we're both Kid, um.
1: adults. And if you're an adult or just trying to be one, this is the show for you. We've got a cool, I think, cool episode for it's you gonna guys. It's going to be interesting for sure. It'll be more interesting for you, and probably pretty enlightening for me, and actually vice versa. I was thinking
0: before we started recording, I was like, "What I'm going to say? Like, this one's this one's for the ladies, but not really. Like, no, this no, no, one no, no, is no. This probably is... equally or more helpful for me than it is for you."
1: I appreciate that you just said that. You're welcome. All right, so um, we've got Jess Hagen on the show
2: today.
0: We do. Uh, For those of you who are unfamiliar like I am, Daniela, in recent episodes, has talked about what she thinks might be PMDD. Jess Hagen, I would I would explain her as a PMDD expert. She's technically a FAM instructor, which uh, I just learned this FAM stands for Fertility Awareness Method. Uh, she's also an IMH coach, a period educator, and an herbalist.
1: This makes me so happy because I, I've had my period for a good chunk of my life at this point, and for some reason...
0: I feel like it's most of your life at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like more of the month is period than not period.
1: (laughs) This is why I want to talk about this because I feel like we're just supposed to go about our lives like nothing's happening to us internally and externally.
0: Right. You're going to find this interesting because I was doing some reading up on our website before you came in. And uh, one of the things that she calls out is although these symptoms are common, they're not normal if that makes sense. Oh, that's interesting. Let me see if I can find the exact, exact wording. Hang on. Okay. Keep going. There. Okay.
1: So, so yes, I have been a lot more aware of my cycle symptoms lately. And I know partially it's because, you know, I've, I've had two kids and I think things have changed. And, um, And just, I just feel like I want to learn more about what's going on in my body. And also if there's anything that I can do to just have a better understanding and more preparation and also like, so Andrew can understand what to expect too. Um, So did you find it?
0: Yeah, I did. She says, uh, this is on the website. She says, I say it a lot and I'll say it again. Period symptoms while common are not NORMAL in all caps. If your period is a problem, this is your body sounding the alarm that something is amiss and requires attention and action by you.
1: I want to dig into requires that.
0: action by me too. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to build a bomb shelter to bunker <laughs> down in during these these hell weeks.
1: What? Oh, we definitely have to get into that because no, it's, it's not, not that bad. It's not it's pretty even bad, bad, that, but it's bad. Not that bad. I try so hard not to even say anything for the most part. I try really hard. Like, and I feel like I have no. It's my responsibility to clue you in when something is going down. Sure down is. There. Sure is. Right. Sure so is. you know, it's either I don't say anything at all, and you just have to like, uh, I don't know, like be in the dark, or I let you know just, hey, heads up, this is what's going on. But do you? I do. I did. Do you? I do. Did you? And I did. This la- I literally this is my last day of my period. Done. So, isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. How, do you, <laughs> how do you know
0: today's the last day? I could just tell. Okay. Yeah,
1: I could just tell. It just starts to like did me I hit off. you
0: up and say like, this is it. <laughs> this is it for <laughs> no. It. Oh, no. We're already in, in my- April though. So do you have another one in April?
1: Oh, dude, I just looked at my calendar because I have an app that I follow my period symptoms on. And oh, goodness gracious, lo and behold, she'll be back the weekend of
0: Stagecoach. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Should we not go?
1: <laughs> no. Oh, I need to just.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm so annoyed. I'm so annoyed.
0: Yeah, right. Me too.
1: <laughs> we'll we'll get into it. Okay, um, let's, let's let's do our
0: win and fail. Okay, and then we're gonna jump right in with chess.
1: Okay, 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 okay. Do you have a win and fail ready to go? Yes and no. Okay. Do you? Yeah, I could just spit fire because I can. Go for it.
0: I'm gonna go for it. Uh, my my win. I uh, as you know, I like to start with my fail, but the win is jumping out at me. My win is it was my birthday on Saturday. I just turned thirty four. Whoop de whoop. Mm-hmm it's uh it's it's weird I didn't expect I didn't expect to feel the way I felt, and I didn't feel any particular way, really, but it wasn't maybe it was because there wasn't a lot going on like it was a pretty mellow birthday, pretty mellow weekend, um so I had some time to be in my head, which is not always the best place for me to be and so I was reflecting and i'm I'm so grateful for you know another day, another year, everything that we have, family, the home, like I sit in our home sometimes and I'm like. Is this real? Like we really live here? Like this is so rad. Every time I go out back and see the mountain, like it's pretty, it's pretty special. But also on the flip side, I was like, damn. I'm 34. Feels like I was in high school like a couple years ago. You know, it feels like I was in college 6 months ago. I've already been through two careers before doing whatever this is now. <laughs> and now we have two kids. It's like I it's like I went to college, I blinked and then here i am
1: yeah i know
0: but like i have to really think hard about everything that's happened in between because it feels like it could be like that yeah you know so on the negative side i was like i'm sure everybody feels it's like 34 like am i am i where i expected to be at this point like what's going well what's not going well and i'm really hard on myself as you know like i'm definitely my own worst critic and so there were a lot of those thoughts that crept in like, damn, like I'm, I haven't done enough. I'm not doing enough. Like I, I'm not successful enough and all that. And, uh, but it's just what it, what it was, you know, it was like the journey of my head through the weekend. And I had another call with my buddy Charlie this morning, our, our Monday five thirty AM calls. And, uh, you know, he keeps talking to me about God and, um, uh, he had some nice things to say out of nowhere, which, which anytime somebody can compliment you, like everybody loves a compliment you know, it feels good. But he was just like, dude, when I tell people back home that, you know, we've been chatting and stuff, like everybody who knows us from 20 years ago, they're like, one, it's like so cool that you guys are still connected and talk and all that. And two, he's like, what everybody says is like, you're like the the pinnacle of success. Like, look at everything that you've done and that you have and the life that you have, you know, because I come from a smaller town where like, everybody there calls me Hollywood. Like all my boys back home call me Hollywood, (laughs) which is so funny because everybody's perspective is so different. Like I don't, I don't feel like that at all. So, so, so yeah. So obviously it was really nice to hear something like that. And it was a good reminder for me of, of even though we all want different things out of life and I may not be, you know, at or past my expectations at this point. Like it's always great to pause and be grateful for what, what you've done and what you have.
1: I agree. I think that's like probably the best. Um, that's the best part about having a birthday is the awareness that I feel around it. Yeah. And just the love, and just, I don't, I, you get a lot of confirmation and, um, and affirmation. Yeah. It is, it, it
0: is a Kickstarter for sure. Yeah. For sure. So that's it. I'm not even going to go. On. I guess that's my fail too. That's my win and my fail wrapped up in one. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hit one?
1: Sure. I'll hit one real quick, real quick. So. Things are kind of interesting. Like there's a lot of I feel like we're on this like interesting cusp of life where we're having very real conversations about finances, um, which is like very much a part of adulting really in any phase of your life. But like when you're at this point, you know, or now early to mid 30s and we've got two kids and a lot of responsibility, it starts to become just you just become a lot more focused right? And so we had a, a chat last night about where we're at and, you know, being more aware of what we're, we're doing and spending on and that sort of thing. And on the flip side of that, I also have a lot of, I'm, I'm a serial optimist, always have been. I have a lot of excitement running through me. Like we've had some interesting opportunities come around recently and there's some more, I feel like energy being put into our projects that are already in our laps. Um, and I'm also finding there is some bandwidth to entertain more, which is always what gets me like riled up, which keeps me like pumped on life. And and so I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. Yeah, it's um. without getting in too much detail. I just think that this is just like one of those moments for me where there, my win is the optimism that I'm feeling. And it's not even so much a fail, but the fail for me is anytime I feel like, and I'm going to use this as an analogy, but it's not a, it's not circumstantial for us at the moment, but I'm just saying, like, I used to always say this when I was younger, like, as soon as you get to the bottom, the only place to go is up. Right? So like I'll use our our personal life right now is sort of an example, but it's like we're feeling a bit more cash strapped, like cash strapped because we're just leveraged in a lot of areas. Like we've made investments, we've got businesses that, you know, need our capital we've got things that we're interested in that need our capital we obviously have the renovation that need our capital so we have assets but in terms of like having a plethora of cash that's not something that we're like swimming in right now which is intentional but also it's a feeling of like we're
0: we're waiting (laughs) we're in a a waiting pool right now (laughs)
1: what i'm saying (laughs) is, is that it starts to feel like the only place you can go is up right like you don't want to get past this point so there's this fire that starts to like ignite in me and I get really excited about things and I start like and I think the manifestation also kind of comes simultaneously because I'm opening myself up to opportunity and like it's just it's a good place to be so that's my win and fail
0: I love it yeah I think we we have a good balance in that regard because you're you're the super optimistic one and I'm way more cautious and I'm like let me warn you about what could potentially happen. Like, let's make sure we're set up to protect ourselves. Sure. And you're just like, no, <laughs> answer's just got to make more money. <laughs> I'm like, cool. <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's just. Hey, uh,
0: but do you want to see the spreadsheet I made? No. I know. Are you out of your that's mind? A, that's a joke.
1: Okay, good. No, thank you. No, no, it's just like a, a cut to the chase thing. You know what I mean? Like, what do we need right. to make per month to, to live comfortably? I just what think it's
0: we... a cool mindset. I don't know, like, if you were taught that or just developed that over time. But, like, I, I, I still don't totally have that.
1: No, dude. I came from a family where, like, you know, and no, no nothing on them like that I think of I am who I am because of how I was raised but like my mom shopped at 99 cent stores for our lunches like you know cut coupons and all the things and like I learned how to make a dollar stretch you know but I also learned the importance of a dollar and so I've just always like I've always just I don't know I don't know I'm just I think you got the
0: hustler side of it from your from my parents yeah yeah your pop specifically but your mom's a hustler too in, totally. her, in her own way but also a coupon cutter which i can relate to
1: <laughs> she's a little bit of everything yeah, <laughs> yeah. all
0: right let's oh my uh gosh. let's take a quick break and let's come back with jess
1: all right more adulting like a mother father when we come back
0: Hope you guys are enjoying the episode. Uh, I don't know if you're in the car or you know you're sitting at home in your kitchen or on your patio this morning enjoying some coffee. Uh if you are a coffee person like I am, please, 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 I urge you to check out true coffee and take advantage of the intro offer. Code adulting will get you 30% off your first order at checkout. Uh if you haven't tried it yet, uh, check out the Instagram for all the wonderful things people have said, but also just take a look at the website. We keep it really, really simple. We have two blends right now. One for you, espresso lovers, one for pretty much everybody else. Uh, it's our filter. Number one, you can brew it any which way, including espresso. True coffee was a passion project of mine. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes right now that I'm really, really excited about, including a a website, refresh messaging, refresh, um, Brand new organic fair trade blends coming at you like so much good stuff that I'm excited about. But in the meantime, coffee is there available and ready for you. Uh, Again, code adulting at checkout. will get you 30% off your first order. And now back to adulting like a mother father.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: Hello.
2: It's wonderful to see you both. Same. Thank you for doing this with us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Um, so
1: I'm going to just kick things off. I have a fair amount of questions and we've got some questions from our listeners as well. Mm -hmm. I think where I just want to start off just to, you know, give you a proper intro, like what really got you started on this journey to Mm -hmm. just learn more about PMDD and fertility and, cycles and everything like that.
2: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So I'll try to be concise. It's not a fairy tale (laughs) story, but, um, kind of out of necessity. So I, from menarche or the first period that I had, um, it was brutal and it, you know, my mom started taking me to physicians by the time I was 13, 14 to kind of, mitigate, you know, she was like, this is not normal. These reactions that you're having to your cycle. Um, and that went on for 17 years wow. before I really um, started to dive into learning more about what actually is going on. Um, so there was a lot of misdiagnosis, um, a lot of und like a long time of being undiagnosed with PMDD because a lot mm-hmm. of physicians just even still don't know what it is. Um, but then I was misdiagnosed as bipolar and with, you know, major depression, put on antipsychotics, SSRIs, tried six or more different hormonal contraceptives. Um, and unfortunately sometimes hormonal contraceptives can exacerbate PMDD symptoms. So that was kind of the breaking point for me. I went back and I was like, look, this is just getting worse and worse as years go on. I've kind of tried to cope on my own. And I've tried to, um, you know, tried allopathic protocols, but I need help. And so they put me on another hormonal contraceptive and, my life became a dumpster fire basically. (laughs) And they told me like, just stay on it. Um, you know, it'll take, you know, like four months to sort out. And I was like, I will not survive four months on this. Um, so at that point it was like, okay, this is either going to kill me potentially, or I have to figure out what's going on. Um, so I did. (laughs) That's impressive.
1: Um, You know, it's kind of weird just listening to you talk. I'm sure a lot of people have similar reactions and similar symptoms and experiences throughout their cycle. And everyone, I was telling this to Andrew, I'm like, we're all just supposed to pretend that this is totally fine and that we can live our lives just as we were and not be affected. And we shouldn't be affected because that's just what it is. And I'm getting to a point where I, just to give you some, some history, I got my period actually when I was 15 and then I lost it due to stress and weight loss until I was almost 20. And then when I got my period back, it was the most heavy, very, very hard to manage um, period and has been. For as long as I can remember. Now I, we had two kids in two years, so I I kind of have been without one for a while up until um, this last like six months. It started to come back and regulate, but now that I have it, I'm like experiencing all sorts of feelings throughout the month, and then dealing with a, a heavy a heavy period as well. And I just think that like now that I'm a mom it's so much harder for me to just be like okay this is normal because just the fact that i have to go and like take care of myself and change and all the things is almost hard mm-hmm. to do when you're managing like your life and your kids and everything else and it's like i just feel like we owe ourselves more conversation around this because it doesn't seem like it's treated fairly <laughs>
2: No, I mean, so often, I'm sure you've had this experience where you go into your physician and, you know, you tell them all the things that you're experiencing, all the symptoms, both psychological or physical, and they just say, oh, that's normal. And it's not normal. I mean, it's not normal whatsoever for a natural monthly biological process that we go through, um, which has perpetuated the survival and evolution of our species to make you feel like you're dying every month. I mean, that there's nothing that's normal about that. Um, and of course there's a spectrum of symptoms that people experience both physical and psychological, but to just be re- told repeatedly that, you know, it's normal, um, just because it's common is a lie. I mean, it's just it's not true. Uh-huh.
0: I want to touch on this, Jess, because uh, I was doing some reading before our recording mm-hmm. off of your mm-hmm. website, and uh, that comment like really stuck out to me around uh, these feelings being common but not normal. Can you help paint a picture for me, like out of ten females, like how common would it be for you know one of them or however many out of ten to feel these sorts of things on a, on a monthly basis?
2: Mm. The statistics are pretty staggering. Um, as far as PMS goes, 90% of people report experiencing PMS symptoms, but as far as the like extreme spectrum of that, uh, they're saying 5.5% ish of people. So around one in 20, mm-hmm. um, menstruating individuals, but, um, you know, a huge proportion, like 90% of those cases are undiagnosed or misdiagnosed. So I think a lot more people are experiencing and they just don't know what it is, or again, they've been told it's normal. So they're just coping. Um, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people suffering monthly because of this.
0: Yeah. It sounds that way. Obviously I can't speak to it from my own experience, but I can speak to it from the experience of being her partner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this might just be too s- simply put, but like it's crazy to me as a male to watch her go through something for over a week every single month. Like it feels unfair that there are that many days where like you've simply put like, you, you feel really off. Mm
1: -hmm. He's probably just referring to the bloody part.
0: (laughs) No, (laughs) It's that, you know, there's mood stuff. I got to be very careful with what I say. No, you can Um, say whatever um, you want. I mean,
1: (laughs) I, I actually, I want to talk a little bit more about ovulation too, because that to me is almost more painful than like period. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like throughout the month outside of my period, I'm experiencing things, you know what I mean? And I just, Mm -hmm. I think that that parts, I I don't feel like really, you know, I don't even say it out loud to most people because I don't feel like they would understand.
2: Hmm. Yeah. There's kind of a weird societal, I don't know what exactly to call it, um, idea that it's your period that's so bad. Um, But especially with PMDD, a, a really key part of diagnosis for that is that as soon as you get your period, it's like a light switch and you're turned back on and you feel like yourself. So it's not. It's not menstruation that usually is causing the symptoms. It's the premenstrual, what's called the luteal phase of the cycle that is when those symptoms are presenting. So that can be, you know, 10 to 14 days before your cycle, but after ovulation Um, and ovulation pain is also common. You shouldn't be debilitated by it. So if you are, again, that's your body sending you a signal of like um, something is wrong and that's there's, I kind of like to frame this as like a new language of symptom empowerment because people, um, are victimized by their symptoms, right? It's terrible. They debilitate you to some degree. And when you're trying to parent or you're trying to have a successful relationship, I mean, it gets in the way. Um, and so I like to kind of reframe the the conversation where it's like, okay, your body can't send you a DM. To be like, hey, um, your body systems aren't functioning. This is exactly what's going on. Like it gives you symptoms. So taking those symptoms with more body literacy training and cycle awareness, you're able to then see like, okay, so ovulation pain is normal. Like I ovulated this morning, actually, and I could feel it. Um, Not everyone has that self-awareness or knows what's happening, Um, but it shouldn't be you ovulate. For one day, for briefly, you know, the egg, re- you know, the ovum releases from from the corpus luteum. And it's like nothing about that experience should have you ever, nothing about your body functioning should have you keeled over on the floor for mm-hmm. any period of time. But that you know, if that's a debilitating symptom that you're experiencing, it's kind of pointing to, oh, well, maybe I need to be metabolizing more estrogen. Um, It could be an estrogen dominance kind of symptom, but you can take that with any symptom you're experiencing, kind of break it down. Okay. Well, what are the body systems that are contributing to this feeling, this emotion that's coming up or this physical symptom? And then how do we, navigate and understand what that means. Um, where generally it's like, just take an ibuprofen and move on. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the other option.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That that's really interesting. Um, if you could like dumb this down for me, if someone's experiencing PMDD and, and you're saying it's sort of, uh, it's a signal for likely something else going on in the body. Are you finding that it's, it's usually like one of a handful of things, or could it be like a plethora of different things that's actually going on inside the body.
2: Yeah. So what I notice is that it doesn't matter if you're dealing with PCOS endometriosis, um, PMS, PMDD, it's, it's all kind of stemming from the same thing, like body system dysregulation and dysfunction, So it just manifests in different ways because people have different genetics and, and a a variety of complex factors. So, um, yeah, it gives us clues, but there's not just like, that's the problem. And that's exactly the only thing we're going to do to fix it. It's unfortunately more complex than that. Okay. Uh, But also like not because this, the approach that you take for all of these things is the same you just support those body systems. So that's not complicated, Uh, but what could be causing it could be a little bit more complicated.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm just like digesting it all. Cause you know, ideally I would love to make it easier on myself, but I think a lot of it comes down to just better habits, better preparation, better awareness. Like, you know, I'm, because I am technically like postpartum, I guess I'm still breastfeeding. So I'm sure hormones are different and whatever else. But, um, what I found really helpful is monitoring all my symptoms on an app. So I've been doing that for years. I actually, to be completely transparent, like for, I don't even know how long it was like five years. Um, we, I wasn't on a birth control and I just monitor everything really closely. And I like knew, Mm. I knew pretty much everything about my body. So I'm still in this phase where I'm trying to figure it out again, because I had the hiccup of the two years of, of having babies. Um, is there anything that you can maybe say to that? Like, is there anything I could be doing differently or that I should try? Um, or for anyone who's postpartum, is there anything that we can do to just give ourselves a leg up? (laughs)
2: Yeah. So I like to approach it, um, in my protocol with like a few different components. So first of all, I think having education is really important because why are you going to change your behavior and start, you know, implementing new habits if you don't know why you should do that in the first place. So just basic body literacy training and You know, we can do that through the seven core. I have this model that I use the seven core areas of hormone health. So those are the seven core areas that are impacting your body systems underlying those symptoms. But you also need just basic body literacy training as far as reproductive health goes, because we don't get sex education. Like I was 28 before I learned that there were four phases of the menstrual cycle. And I'm just like, wait, wait like, well, a second,
0: I'm, I'm
1: 32. I'm, I'm, and I just learned that.
2: 33.
0: 33, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm 34. I didn't know that until now, so.
2: Yeah, there's so much, and so when you start to understand, oh, this is actually how reproductive health happens and works, and this, these are the qualities of estrogen, and these are the qualities of progesterone, and, and they make you feel differently, act differently, um, you know, communicate differently. Everything—it's—it's it's crazy how much these hormones impact who you are as an individual. And so once you kind of start understanding the, you know, the fluctuation of that and what that looks like then you can kind of start tracking whether or not your cycles are, you know, normal when we're talking about normal, we're talking about healthy, um, within certain frameworks, um, there's no like perfect cycle. So what you want to look for with your own particular cycle is just something crazy. Like, Oh, my cycle went from being, you know, 26 days to 40, um, or, I went from bleeding regularly for four days to, you know, seven days of really heavy bleeding, like some dramatic change and anything can impact your hormones, stress, diet change, lack of sleep, travel illness. I mean, any, a fight with your partner, like anything. Right. So I feel like that's kind of the the starting point is just kind of learning like, okay, what's going on here in yeah. my body.
0: Yeah. I, I like that. I'm hoping you can explain a little bit more, um, like in the scale of the spectrum or the realm of, of what's normal. Uh, mm-hmm. are there, are there typical things that, again, this is probably such a stupid question, but are there things no. that really fall into that spectrum? Uh, or is it too hard to put all that in a box? And are you more focused on just irregularities within your own cycle? Like if you notice something outside the norm,
2: Um, There is kind of a basic, just like what's a healthy period. So you're looking at 24 to 35 days ish um, of a cycle between your, you know, we have this 28 day thing, 28 days. Most people don't have a 28 day cycle. There's nothing wrong with that. So you're kind of looking more at like a 25, 26 to 35, 36 day window of being normal And then, if you're using like a menstrual cup, you can track how much blood you're you're actually using, Mm -hmm. you're losing. So you shouldn't be losing more than eighty milliliters of blood in a cycle. So that's like a shot glass and a half, like four tablespoons. Yeah, it's not a lot. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just blood; it's cells, and you know your endometrium is proliferating. So it's a lot of other stuff, but if you're, if you're bleeding heavier than that, it's indicating a a condition that you would want to look at. And so something that's really cool is that in 2015, um, the American Academy of, uh, gynecologists and and obstetricians, and then also the American Academy of Pediatrics named the menstrual cycle as the fifth vital sign. So Mm. they're actually saying that like your period health is an indication of your overall health, just like your body temperature, your heart rate, you know, your respiration rate, all of those other vital signs. So a lot of you can, yeah. Yeah. So you can get a lot of information about your health through just tracking your cycle. It sounds like you're already pretty in depth. You know, it sounds like you're almost using the fertility awareness method to um, manage your fertility. Yeah. That's
1: kind of what we're doing now. Yeah. Cause I I just, I never had a a great experience with birth control. Um, and so I just rather take this approach. So I'm very diligent about it because that is what we're doing. Um, so I just have a quick question for you. So let's say hypothetically, and I'm not measuring how much I'm losing, but someone loses over that 80, or let's say even closer to like doubling it, you know, um, what sort of, what sort of health conditions would the concern be?
2: Uh, So that would generally be diagnosed as something called menorrhagia, which is kind of funny because it sounds like, rah, like ragey. (laughs) But... It could just be like a blood related um, condition there. You know, I don't specifically, I'm not an expert in that condition, but that's having those, that idea of, okay, what is actually normal and then paying attention to what you're losing. It can then help you realize like from the body literacy agitation, like, oh, that's not falling within the healthiest. And, it, and it's one thing if it happens here or there, because mm-hmm. again, like I said, anything can throw your cycle off. So sometimes you don't even ovulate in a, in a cycle and that's not totally abnormal. But if you weren't ovulating month after month, after month, that's indicating a other health condition that could be involved like PCOS mm-hmm. or hypothalamic amenorrhea. Um, Question. But if you use the menstrual cup, it will be really easy for you to tell how much
1: I might try that. Yeah. That's interesting. Dude. How many, <laughs> what? how
0: many shot glasses?
1: I don't know, but it's not one. That's for sure. <laughs> um, another question for you, cause I'm now looking at my, my app or my cycle history. Mm. Um, I'm like on average 24 days, but often what I'm seeing is like 23 days, 12 days, 22 days. Um, and occasionally 32 days. Like it's all over the map. Mm
2: -hmm. When, when was your most recent child born?
1: Um, 13 and a half months ago. Okay.
2: Um, so it can take some time, especially if you're breastfeeding for your cycle to recalibrate. And, you know, that's not something I would be super concerned with, but you do want to monitor it because once you get into, you know, after you're done breastfeeding, or if you've already stopped, you kind of want to, you should be regulating. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are things you can do to support that. Obviously, like we've been talking about all the things that you can do by supporting all your body systems. Um, and I can give you some specifics about that if you're curious, but there's always going to be a way to better support your reproductive health by taking action. Um, And that's kind of what the integrative approach is about rather than altering your physiology by taking a medication that just shuts down your hormones or, um, alters your physiology in another way. Integrative medicine is about supporting the underlying body systems and always, you know, looking at what could be causing this rather than focusing on the symptom and treating the symptom. If that makes sense. No, I appreciate your
1: approach. I align with that a lot. Um, I think in the past, like I've often heard the term like endometriosis thrown around. And, um, I, at one point someone thought like, maybe I was just low on iron and that's why like periods affected me in, in a way, weird way or whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about those kind of things, specifically endometriosis? Cause I feel like a lot of people I know now are saying, no, I have endometriosis and now I'm hearing more PMDD, but like, what's really the difference and which one, like, Could you treat both of them sort of in this integrative way?
2: Mm. Yes, absolutely. Um, you, yeah, the treatment is pretty similar. Um, endometriosis is a condition where the endometrial lining of your uterus grows outside of the uterus. Um, and it can grow kind of all over. It's really hard to diagnose because it, just like PMDD, you know, there's not like a blood test or a urine test or a saliva test that tells you if you have endometriosis, but endometriosis is pain. It's all like excruciating pain, bloating, um, symptoms like that. So PMDD is a mood disorder. It's a cyclical reproductive mood disorder. So while there are some symptoms that come along with that, that's probably more of like a hormonal imbalancing and, and the PMDD is more of a, um uh, neurological, which still the approach is the same to manage it. But, um, PMDD is more psychological and PMDD only happens during the luteal phase of the cycle, which is between ovulation and menstruation and endometriosis. You can have, um, pain at ovulation that's severe and you can have pain that, at, at your period, that's really severe, and you know, it could be also hormonal reba- imbalance related because prostaglandins cause painful cramping. Prostaglandins are are the lipids that. Cause your uterus to contract. So, like, if you're giving birth, which you did, um, that helped you do that. Or when you menstruate, those prostate glandins contract so that you can shed the lining of your uter- your uterus. But if you have too many. Um, and you're dealing with a hormone imbalance, then that's where you would want to look at working on the environment core area of hormone health, where you're looking to uh, reduce your exposure to endocrine disrupting chemicals. And you're wanting to work on your body systems of elimination, because if you have too much estrogen in your bloodstream, um, that's kind of being reabsorbed because you didn't metabolize it, it's going to result in like more prostaglandins. And, you know, there's lots of different ways that you can reduce those, but, um, Endometriosis is, would be a secondary form of dysmenorrhea. So pain with period symptoms is called dysmenorrhea, and that's either primary or secondary. And primary is as a result of just basic PMS, um, which can easily, easily, easily be addressed. Secondary dysmenorrhea is going to be secondary to an underlying condition like endometriosis, Mm. where there it's you know it's not PMS that's causing it; it's a more serious health condition. Gotcha.
1: Um, No, totally. No, I'm following it for the most part, and I want to get to our listeners' questions, but I just want to touch on one thing that you just said. So. You said something about toxins, like reading of some of the toxins or things that could make your hormones a bit more imbalanced or decreasing some of the estrogen coming in. Can you give me examples of that? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so kind of just like what you were talking about with Ashley the other day. I listened to that episode. I was like, yeah, can so relate to um, that conversation because a lot of toxins are, um, endocrine disrupting chemicals. So just things in your environment, house cleaning products, um, even Tylenol is a endocrine disrupt pretty much everything that you come into contact with is an endocrine disrupting chemical. So kind of reducing that, but then also working to, Um, metabolize that estrogen. So working on detoxing through focusing on your liver, focusing on your digestive system and really making sure you're clearing out those estrogens. So there's supplements you can take, there's diet you can take, Um, but there's a lot of underlying things like even nutrient deficiencies is causing a lot of these period symptoms because of weirdly enough, the degrading soil quality. Mm. which is impacting the, you know, the nutrient density of our food. And so what I see with a lot of people is macro deficiency in protein is Mm. huge, hugely leading to a lot of period symptoms. Mm. Um, And then also micronutrient deficiencies, things like B vitamins, D vitamins, omegas, um, yeah. Those types of things can be leading to, or iron deficiency, of course, can be leading to these symptoms. So you kind of want to, that's where the integrative approach is nice. Cause then you just look at all of these things mm-hmm. and then you target based on what your symptoms are saying and what you're, you know, tracking from your actual cycle data.
1: So cool. So yeah. just hypothetically, like you take on a client, I'm sure. Right. And you're working with them individually how many cycles do you say on average until they start to feel like what feels like more normal for them?
2: Mm. Um, It's different with everyone, but I've been so surprised after just one integrated mental health coaching session without the educational component, clients are coming back with like 75% reduced symptoms or no bloating for the first time in their, in their um, cycle recently. And for me, after 17 years of literal hell yeah. each month, after three months with experimenting with integrated protocols, my period came and I didn't even know symptoms. Whoa. First time ever. I was just like, this is possible. If this is possible, then what else is possible? Because I couldn't keep relationships. I couldn't keep a job. I was in bed for two weeks of the month. People thought I was crazy. I would cope with alcohol and it was just a downward spiral. And so um, at that point I was like, if I cannot have period symptoms, I can have a career. I can get married, which oh, nice. I did. Yes. <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. congrats. Yeah. Awesome. And That's so cool. That's
0: so interesting. It, it would be, uh, pretty comical if, if you had enough data and you could do like a, like a one cycle guarantee or something <laughs> like that, you might have the best business on planet earth. <laughs>
1: I just think that it's like, not like I'm sure all females individually have these conversations like internally, but like, or even with their friends. But I just, I'm now finding that I'm needing like a source to just be able to like, just vibe with. So I could feel like I'm not fully alone, you know, because he doesn't have any understanding yet. He wants to. And also I don't want to put any of that on him because it's just, how could he relate? You know? And you also as a woman, or at least for me, like I have a lot of pride and I just want to be able to like ride the ride and like not have too many highs, not to have too many lows, not have to be in the bathroom for too long, not be doubled over in pain. Like this last ovulation period or whatever, I don't even know what cycle part I was in. I must've, I thought I was pregnant. I took a pregnancy test because i loaded so much. And I was so, I was felt so off. Like everything felt off. Like, and I, and I felt nauseous and I thought for sure I'm pregnant for sure. I'm pregnant. And then lo and behold, it's like a passing ship in the night, like back to what felt normal for a little bit until the next little, like interesting symptom comes along. So I'm interested in learning more. And I think it's so cool that you specialize in this. Cause it's like, it could really, like you said, change someone's life.
2: It's amazing how much people are suffering like because of their period, like a natural biological process is killing people. I mean, the suicide rate for people with PMDD is 30% attempt suicide. Um, uh... It's, it's a life or death situation. And when people are told that they're normal and they're not validated and they don't understand, you know, what's going on. I mean, it's dark and really hopeless. Um, and unfortunately physicians aren't, You know, they're not trained to deal with mental health. It's at a convergence of mental health and gynecology. And there's not a field there. So people just fall through the cracks. And it's so unnecessary when you're doing a protocol like this and you're having students and clients, you know, reduce, eliminate and learn skills and tools most of all to manage. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're not trying to like cure all of your symptoms. We want your symptoms to come to you so we can use that information to you know, change our course, but we want to improve your quality of life. That's what it's really about. And having the skills and tools in order to do that is so empowering. Even just learning, like it's crazy. Like they'll do, um, questionnaires Well, they'll go out and they'll ask people to identify, uh, the anatomy of the vulva mm-hmm. and even, you know, females, males, nobody knows, Nobody knows where the clitoris is. Nobody knows where the urethra is. (laughs) They're calling it a vagina. It's not a vagina. It's a vulva. The vagina is the internal muscular tube. Like we don't even know what it's called.
0: (laughs) No, you're, you're so right. Yeah. You're so right. Like I think back on my education in middle school and high school, and it's like, it's basically non-existent. Oh no. And you know,
2: being a parent, I'm sure you feel like, I don't know if I want any random person teaching my kid about this. Yeah. Um, so I can see how that falls through the cracks, but our parents weren't taught this stuff either. So then if your parents aren't teaching you and your school isn't teaching you, then nobody has
0: this information. Totally.
2: And there's no reason to be suffering like this. There's no reason. Oh
0: it's my gosh. unbelievable. It's it's from a male's perspective, like you you sort of said it a few minutes ago, like. It's kind of crazy to me how complex this can be for something that should be happening naturally and biologically. It's mind-blowing. Right? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, I do have to ask a question for myself and for the boys. How much okay. education do you do with, with male partners? How much are they involved? Mm-hmm. Because like, just in one session here with you, I'm walking away with a whole new plethora of knowledge. <laughs> And it's helpful for me. It's helpful for her. It's helpful so that mm. I don't I don't die one week out of the month.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's serious. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm actually. This is so funny that you asked this because I do do per- partner workshops, um, but. You know, all the men in my life are like, you need to just start marketing your business to men. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. men have to deal with this just as much, and they don't know what to do. And so, I'm I am thinking about creating kind of like a smaller course um, because I think it's helpful to, it's great to do the partner workshop because then, you know, we can work on things together and you guys can work on things as a couple, um, during the workshop, but sometimes it's nice to have separate education and just, you know, talk to the males of like this, you know, and yeah. their lingo and stuff. And then, and then work with the females. And, and also, you know, as a female, I don't really want to know that, my part, you know, somebody had to tell my partner exactly how to handle me, you know, and all the details of that. I just want them to be there and do the things. So if they can get that education on their own, I'm going to respect that a lot more when they bring it to the table than me having to
0: actually teach them. We we might have to make that connection somehow. (laughs) Sometimes I get in trouble for being expected to know something (laughs) (laughs) when like it hasn't been told to me. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Yeah. I, I like your idea though.
1: I agree. I totally agree. It could be a game changer for a relationship, you know? And especially when you have enough stressors, family and just income and work and all the things like, yeah, the support, could definitely use some work, but it's not no fault of theirs. It's just the fault mm-hmm. of us not knowing how to communicate thoroughly because truthfully, I don't know what's going on <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm totally guessing. And I'm also blaming myself most of the time. Like I, I often find myself feeling like I'm using it as a crutch because I don't want to believe that it's that. I just want to say that it's that so that someone can get off my back. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. So it's a Yeah. So pain. Hmm. Yeah, this is where menstrual mindset work comes in because there's so much to unpack there and so much work to do around like the shame and guilt and then separating that from what, you know, society has told us forever and culture has told us about um, PMSing and the behavior and what's acceptable and what's not and if it's even real and you know, and then just all of your own experience that you've had with each cycle. Um, I like to think of there being two different kinds of trauma. <laughs> There's like pre-menarchy trauma before you had your period, which can lead to a lot of period symptoms. Um, mm. you know, definitely PMDD, like the statistic is like you're 6.7 times more likely to experience PMDD if you've had early childhood trauma or sexual abuse. Um, so I'm guessing that that kind of, co- you know, goes into PCOS endometriosis, other painful um, vulva disorders and stuff like that. But then there's post-monarchy trauma, which is the trauma that your period causes you <laughs>
0: mm.
2: cycle after cycle, you know, and with PMDDP, you know, when you burn your relationship down, when you lose jobs, when you lose family members and friends, because you, have a mood disorder and you don't know what's happening or how to manage it or that it's even connected to your period, that trauma just builds and builds and all the guilt and shame just stacks on. And then you have to manage that as well, (laughs) just from what your cycle has caused you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's it's wild. That's um, a lot to unpack, but it's amazing that there's now sources. And I, I truthfully up until maybe two weeks ago when we had Kelly like reach out, I didn't even know that this was a thing. I heard about the word PMDD while listening to a podcast and they just said it very cash magash. It wasn't like a specific, it wasn't talking about like the ex. there was no expert. Just someone said like, Hey, I might have PMDD on a And I was like, I wonder what that is. And then I researched it. I sent him the link right away. And then I'm not even sure that I have it. Now that you're talking, it almost feels like I might have something else like an endometriosis or some underlying stuff. Maybe the, the blood one, the rageous one. <laughs> I'm not
0: outrageous. sure.
1: <laughs> Men outrageous <are> <laughs> um anyways no i I, I want to look more into it but it's just nice to know that there are things that I can now look into that I had no awareness around at all and I'm 33
0: so you sure
1: are yeah't <laughs> <Can't forget. laughs> hard to keep track it really once you, you hit 30 for me at least I forgot all the other ones yeah, I was like I'm matter. somewhere in that 30 range now. Um, real quick, before we let you go, I do want to just touch on some of these questions. Um, they're not exactly related. Well, we'll just get into it. Um, this is just, how do you deal with period pains with large fibroids?
2: Um, so we don't exactly know what causes fibroids, um, but you know, they are, non-cancerous growths in, in the reproductive tract and kind of the same exact way that you would deal with them is the same exact protocol that I work with, with PMDD, you know, relieving inflammation working on those body systems of elimination in order to process any excess estrogens. You know, it's probably, there's probably some hormone imbalance, uh, symptoms involved. If you're having fibroids, like uh, estrogen dominance is, is the thing that I would look into and then doing kind of an estrogen dominance protocol, which is, you know, lifestyle and diet change, ultimately just removing inflammation in the body can help you really manage the pain and and reducing the size actually of the fibroid.
1: Cool, cool. I just love how sometimes a lot of these things can come back to diet and lifestyle, which it always makes so much sense, but it's really like it, it helps me simplify things mm. um, and it
2: gives you control, right? Because if yes, you... that's what I mean, yeah, yeah, which is huge, huge.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so someone wants to know what does it mean when your period lasts longer than two weeks, sometimes even longer?
2: Um, when your period lasts longer than two weeks, yeah, so it could mean a number of things, um. that's something that I would definitely suggest if that's happening regularly, um, and you're not postpartum or you're not just, um, getting your period and it's regulating for the first time, if that just came out of nowhere and your period is lasting two weeks, I would see your physician and get some tests run, check on those nutrient deficiencies. And, um, and just look at your overall health. Cause that's, that's again, not normal, a period lasting regularly longer than seven days, but a number of things could cause something like that, that aren't super scary. So, um, it's just individual situations.
1: Okay. Sure. Um, okay. How do you naturally control your cycle? Um, someone says they haven't been on birth control since December, haven't had my period and I'm not pregnant
2: how do you naturally control your cycle? So coming off of birth control, there's this condition, which isn't recognized in allopathic medicine as a real condition. Um, it's more of like a side effect of hormonal birth control, but in integrative medicine, it is recognized as a real condition and it's called post pill syndrome. And it's again, not something that people talk about, especially a physician. Um, when they put you on it, they're probably not going to tell you like the, uh, you know, good and bad that can happen. But one of the negatives is this experience where you stop taking birth control and it takes months or even longer than a year for your cycle to come back. So that's not unusual. And again, doing the same uh, protocol can help you um, support your reproductive health in order to, you know, help kind of cue and recalibrate the your natural hormones from functioning because what happens when you take hormonal birth control is it shuts it down. Um, you're not having a period. That's, that's a huge misconception. You're having a withdrawal bleed because if you Mm -hmm. take hormones that replace your hormones and shut down your cycle, if you don't ovulate, you can't menstruate, just not biologically possible. Mm -hmm. So when people think they're having a period every month on the pill, they don't know what's happening. (laughs) They don't know what's going on. Like, it's just, it's, it's, that's not what it is. Um, and so it's going to take a while for your hormones to kind of come back online and get balanced and, and give you a normal cycle. Fascinating. I think it's so interesting because it's so common. Right. And
1: I've had a lot of friends on birth control, um, and, and they would tell me like, you know, cause we're at the age now where we are family planning or they are family planning. And oftentimes you'll hear like, oh, I'll just get off the pill and get pregnant. And that's what they're being advised by their doctors. Like, don't worry, you just get off the pill and you can get pregnant, And then you're hearing so much more about complications and now fertility issues. And that right there to me is a signal of like, if you're having pill symptoms or whatever you call like, um, what did you call it again? Post pill syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting. It's like, that's probably a big part that they're maybe not being told by their doctors, like. You know what I mean like it could mm-hmm. be a whole year of them trying to have a child after being on birth control and then being hard on themselves but not realizing mm-hmm. that that's probably yeah. just a repercussion of being on a pill for so many years.
2: Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, that's rampant. That is, so many people are experiencing that.
1: Gotcha. Well, that's so interesting.
2: Um all right, so this we've kind of talked
1: about this but I'll just throw it your way in case you want to just spit fire. Um what are your top 3 recommendations to manage PMDD?
2: Um, so education, that body literacy education that I'm talking about over and over is like a key component because, you know, how are you going to fix something? If you don't have the tool, if you don't even know what the something is, like, I I try to use a lot of analogies. So, so I make sense. Um, but like, yeah, you're just not going to be able to approach that anything, if you don't know what it is, how it's happening and what tools specifically you need to use. So body literacy throughout, um, not just cycle awareness, body literacy, but like the entire reproductive system, how does that interplay with my other organs? How does that interplay with my other body systems? What impacts that? Um, and then, you know, that cycle awareness, which I think the important thing there is to be monitoring your data, your specific cycle data, And so I have a free download that you can use to do this for PMDD and PMS specifically where you're mapping what your symptoms are and how severe they are and when they present. And that can help you get a formal diagnosis as well. Hmm. Um, But I also wanted to bring this up because you guys might like this. There's an app that will, and I'm sure more than one will do this, but I know a specific app that will send your partner or whoever email address you add in what phase of your cycle is you're in and what that means and how you might be behaving and what you might need for support.
0: Gold.
2: Yeah. No, <laughs> so things good. are getting better all the time. Mm-hmm. Wait. So I use the clue
1: app, but like the free version is there mm-hmm. an app that I should be using? Like, would you mind? It's not sponsored obviously, but we can.
2: Yeah. 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 I'm not affiliated with this app either, but it's called my flow and it's Elisa Biddy, which is, she's just like a huge, uh, guru in this, in this field of women's health. Um, and it's her app and yeah, you can just load in. And that the thing that's great about that app is it tells you, um, Oh, you're in your follicular phase of your menstrual cycle. Oh, you're in, and of course, okay, let me be clear. An app can never tell you what's happening with your body. It can never tell you if you've ovulated or not, or when you're going to ovulate, but it can, you know, start to predict as you input your data, where you probably are, um, if you're cycling normally. So yeah, it will tell you, you know, eat more of these types of foods. Um, that's awesome. I'm going to definitely
1: download that.
2: Um, Yeah. And the third step to that would just be like using a protocol that is taking all that information, the body literacy training, and then in your cycle data, your cycle awareness, and then taking targeted action with lifestyle and diet medicine to mitigate your symptoms. Because like I said, you can get results like, and I can give an example. I had insane breast swelling and tenderness every cycle. I would have two sizes of bras, one for one when I was in my luteal phase and one for the other. And I would have to wear two bras when I was in my luteal phase because they could not move. I couldn't exercise. I couldn't like go on a bumpy car ride. It was brutal. Stop drinking caffeine, gone, completely disappeared, which we know that caffeine and fibrocystic breast tissue, obviously it's no, it's it's, none of this is a mystery is the crazy thing is people are suffering like this. And it's like, this stuff isn't rocket science. This is biology. Like we know biology, (laughs) we can help you with this. Um, and it could have been a lot of other underlying causes that would have been could have been for me, but for me, it was that caffeine. And so just cutting that out in one cycle, that symptom that I had dealt with for 17 years completely disappeared. Wow. That's crazy. That would be a problem for me.
1: No, my mom had the same thing. And, um, and yeah, it's interesting. It was very noticeable and she had pain and she could feel, um, and lumps and all the things. So mm. it's just, yeah, it's very common. Um, last question for you. And I don't know if we even, if we talked about this or not, cause I'm not sure what this means, but someone wants to know the difference between PMDD and PME.
2: Mm, this is such a good question. So both of these are premenstrual disorders, like core premenstrual disorders. Um, the difference is really important when you work to um choose a protocol to manage and reduce your symptoms because the causation is different so pmdd is a cyclical reproductive mood disorder it happens 10 to 14 days before your cycle it's very predictable the symptoms are generally the same and it's severe so the difference between pms and pmdd is that pmdd is like debilitating a lot of the symptoms are the same but pms is manageable and then PME is what is called premenstrual exacerbation. And this is so cool. Um, it is the exacerbation of another condition that kind of hypes up premenstrually because progesterone is a sensitive hormone. It, it's going to make you have a higher sense of smell, be more physically sensitive to touch and pain. It's, it's because you might be pregnant right? This is a evolutionary, um, adaptation because we don't want you to, mm -hmm, we don't want you to be like rubbing all around strangers and getting a bunch of pathogens if you're pregnant. So, um, there's a lot of like heightened sensitivity stuff. And so what will happen is if you have ADHD, if you already have major depression, if you have um, allergies or literally pretty much anything, like so many things can be exacerbated premenstrually. But the, the main difference is that you have that all month and then it gets worse. Um, does that make sense? And then PMDD is just like the psychological, ph- psychological, physical mood disorder stuff in the um luteal phase and so a lot of times people have both Mm, right um (laughs) because who doesn't have age yeah this
0: whole conversation I want to say like I'm grateful but I feel like that's not the right I mean
2: you still have to deal with it though it's still part of your life if you're in a heterosexual relationship (laughs) or in a relationship with any women yeah yeah
1: Yeah, wow Um, just, I want to thank you for doing the work you're doing. And I'm, I'm sorry about it. I mean, I'm not, I'm glad that you came to it and you were able to solve your own health, um, matters first. And now you're able to help others because without like the help of other people and the realization, like I, I, I'm now discovering this at this age. So I'm grateful that this is like coming to the forefront more now.
2: Yeah. It's about damn time. I'd say
1: (laughs) for real, like I feel so seen and so heard. And I hope that anyone listening who might feel similarly, like find some, some hope. So, um, where can, where can people get more of your work, find you, reach out Mm -hmm. to you? Can you tell us all that?
2: Sure, sure. So I'm most active on Instagram with sharing uh, educational content. I have a website and a blog. Um, I have a course that teaches specifically about uh, PMDD, my PMDD protocol and how to manage it. Um, And then I do one-to-one integrative menstrual health coaching and group coaching around these symptoms and, and improving them. And then sometimes I do little workshops like relationships and, uh, how to, you know, manage endocrine, disrupting chemicals and stuff like that.
1: Awesome. We'll put all the details in the show notes, but just for people, since they're listening, what is your handle and your website?
2: Oh, sure. Um, her mood mentor is the website and, uh, yeah, my handle.
1: Okay, cool. Well, thank Love you, it. Jess. This was awesome. I really appreciate yeah. all your insight and you sharing so like willingly because I know that this is also your profession. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that you were willing to give that to us because I really genuinely feel like, you know, it helped me and I'm sure it helped Andrew, but I think it'll really help a lot of other people.
2: Yeah, yeah. thank you for having me. I'm so happy yeah. to share. I don't want anyone suffering unnecessarily like mm-hmm. I did for many years. It's
1: awesome. Love it. Okay.
0: Love it. Thank you, Jess. Uh-huh. Thanks for listening to adulting like a mother father. New episodes drop every Tuesday right here. So make sure you tune in for all the goods.